This episode of the Jammer K podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. One Scene Unity Comp Volume 2 is now live. If you haven't had a chance yet, please head over to Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, wherever you get your music and go support that compilation. So many awesome tracks from so many awesome bands. And if you haven't had a chance yet, head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and go pre-order yourself a copy of the vinyl. Also, if you're not following From Within Records on social media, you might have missed out that the payback record got pushed back just a tad bit, not too far into the future, but there are some issues with the pressing plant. So like I always say, please go click that follow button on Twitter and Instagram so you can stay up to date on all the current From Within Records news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, we were all over the place. We had to track down our good friend Wolfgang all the way up in Canada and a new friend to the podcast, Curtis out of Atlanta. He sings for a band called Living in Fear, which I honestly and I, I normally don't say this too often, but I honestly think it's a crime that Living in Fear isn't bigger than they are now because i found out about them in 2018 and have been following them and just seeing their growth i I think they're such an amazing band so if you're not familiar uh, at at this point please go boot up your spotify apple music Bandcamp, and go listen to living in fear go listen to their last full length the coward's path ends here released by personal best records super solid band if you're into that uh crossover type music it's seriously so good so i i really highly suggest you go check out living in fear and also uh if you're not familiar with endgame uh earlier in the year i had on spencer and wolfgang when their demo dropped so you should be familiar with them by now but living in fear and endgame came together to put out this split titled combined forces which is super solid in my opinion. I was really uh, blown away with the quality of music when it was sent to me. So I'm so stoked to have been able to sit down with Wolfgang and Curtis and just talk about the split because I I seriously, I support this split. I feel like a lot of people should check it out and get familiar with these bands. So head over to KOTP Records and go order yourself a copy of the CD or cassette, or even the t-shirt. This is seriously such a cool thing. And I think the artwork that they got designed for this split is is over the top. I, I can't get over how awesome it is. It's like one thing that I'm super stoked on outside of the music. But seriously, it, it was such a pleasure for me to sit down with Wolfgang and Curtis, two awesome guys doing really awesome things for their perspective scenes. And I'm hoping to be able to see both those bands on the same bill in the future. So please strap in, enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, welcome Wolfgang and Curtis to the show.
All right, we're live. Welcome back to the podcast, Wolfgang, and welcome Curtis to the podcast for the first time. How's it going, guys? What's up? Going pretty good. Going pretty good. This is super awesome. Uh, I'm really happy to have both of you on the podcast. Uh, Living in Fear Endgame came together to do an awesome split, and I was fortunate enough to listen to it before it came out, and I was uh, very pleased with um, what you guys, uh, you know, put together. I'm just curious, um, where did the relationship between Endgame and Living in Fear start? So I met Kurt at a, at a show in Atlanta. So back right, right before LDB, I flew down to Orlando. And then me and my friend Carter were like, fuck it, let's drive from from Florida over to Kentucky for LDB. And we ended up hanging out and like going to a couple shows with uh, the guys in life que- in life's question. Cause they were touring there with higher power. So we ended up hanging out with them on their little road over there. And we met up with them in Atlanta. Um, and, and I, I remember we were driving there from like from Orlando and we were like, let's check out some of the bands, like the other bands that are on this bill that are opening in Atlanta. And we were just, and we like, we saw Living in Fear on the bill. And we were like, all right, let's check these guys out. And we literally just like listened, I think, to like half of a song and we're just blown the fuck away. And so we were like, we have to make sure we like, we go and see this fucking, this band before like Life's Question and anyone shows up. Uh, and then, yeah. Uh, Kurt and the boys covered Chromags. I was instantly just fucking rocking to this shit. And then I think I was wearing a Biohazard shirt, and Kurt came up to like like I was just like talking to somebody at the merch table, and Kurt came up to me, and we just kind of we kind of started talking. I think I I, I think that was kind of where it was. And then we kind of like I think I saw you or something at 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 actually at uh, LDB, and then we kind of just like formed like an internet relationship of some sort. That's awesome. Yeah. And from your perspective, Kurt? Yeah, I honestly, it's funny. Someone asked me that question the other day and I couldn't remember. I was like, I don't know where the <laughs> fuck I met Wolf, but I know I've met him multiple times. Mm-hmm. And that I think, I think, I think you were drunk at the, at the first show, potentially. I was trashed. And <laughs> that was probably the issue there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that's that's awesome that you're able to you know hear them and then make it out to the gig and just you know form this relationship just through the music. I think that's like super sick because if, if you think about you know just going on this road trip and then stumbling upon living in fear, building that relationship, and now here you guys are sharing this split. I, I think it's super cool. Hell yeah, yeah, I'm fucking oh, yeah, brother doing a split with them. That is like. It was one of those things where like when they dropped their initial demo and I had heard it, I immediately just like knew. I was like, we have to do a split. I got to talk to Wolf. It just makes too much sense. Yeah, I think I think that like just like, yeah, like no through like knowing what bands you liked and like because we had like, you know, like cross like crossover influences and stuff like that. I was like, I remember I, think I sent you like I, think I sent you the demo songs earlier, like in an early progress process. And I think we started kind of like jokingly being like, being like, being like, all right, living in fear, end game split is next. 
but then we, we kind of like, like I think I like we like, we were talking about like Endgame was talking about it, and like me and Kurt had kind of thrown the idea a few times, and I think I pitched it to them, and they were all super into it, and shit came out on top. Yeah, which is uh, you know super great that it was able to work out because if you look at uh, Living in Fear, it seemed like you guys stayed pretty busy throughout 2020. Which was uh, kind of iffy, um, like iffy for everybody. But I, I really like that you guys stayed really busy, and you know, for Endgame to come out with the demo and kind of just be new to the scene. Uh, I, I was stoked that you guys did that. So for you guys to, you know, to kind of keep the momentum going, I, I think it's awesome. Definitely, it was it was awesome. <clears throat> it just seemed like it makes sense because, you know, I, I knew like, uh, um, what's the, what's the best way to put this? Wolf is a uh, He's he's definitely a crossover head, and I'm a crossover head, <clears throat> and we both knew that right off the bat. Like the second I saw his Instagram profile, I was like, "This dude is definitely a crossover guy." Mm-hmm. And, and it's I feel like all the crossover bands right now, there's not that many of them, but the few that there are that aren't the two of us, they're big. So it would have been unachievable in a way to like get a split with another crossover band. But because we were fairly like we're not new, but people are just now starting to pay attention, mm-hmm. and then Endgame is new, so it just it seemed like it really made sense. And yeah, I'm stoked on how it came out. Yeah, I I, I like that that line of thinking because um, obviously there are some more established bands, so it might not make sense for them to to want to do something like that. But for you guys to, to come together, and I, I, I love the name of the split, uh, Combined Forces. So you got to think about, obviously, I feel like, um, and uh, Curtis, I was funny this before the podcast, I feel like living in fear, you guys should be bigger than you guys are now. I, I, I just think um, people aren't aware. But the fact that you guys are you know teaming up with uh, Endgame, who's a newer band, who I think have a lot of potential, I, I think this is uh, you know a, a really great move for both of you guys. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how so when we were like when we were doing this we didn't actually name the split until like the very very like last like we had literally thrown away the idea of naming it and we were mm-hmm. just gonna do like a self-titled split spencer was like really like he, he really wanted like the name to be something and like we but like nothing nothing was coming like naturally or like nothing like it, it was like it was like we found a couple but like nothing that like really stuck and like stood out and I think we literally like came to the like came to the conclusion we're like all right we all like, agreed no and then I think like five minutes later I, I like just combined forces somehow popped into my head and I sent that and everyone was like all right never mind yeah well, yeah let's do this that one it sounds good it's cool it's hard because every, yeah everything everything else was like it sounded like it had been done before kind of deal mm-hmm. like we wanted something that kind of fit the album art especially kind of deal like once we started getting the album art drawn up. We were like, this this needs to be something like something epic enough to, you know, compare to because. Yeah, but yeah. nothing, nothing we could find was like or it mm-hmm. was like nothing came like like naturally or like like it, everything felt like it was forced until that the very last second. Like we had like just I think maybe just finished recording or whatnot. No, mm-hmm. well, I honestly think that was a great call because I'm. Um, if you would have just left it, uh, you know, self-titled, that would have been fine. But I, I think it is really awesome that it, it has a name, and it, I feel like it, it has like its own identity now. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, so great call, Wolfgang. And you, you mentioned the artwork. I, I think it would be a crime if you guys don't put that on a hoodie or a T-shirt. Definitely. We definitely have plans to do something with that because, man, did... What is that guy's name again? Spencer's the one who has been Anto, with him. Anto? Yeah. Yes, Anto Owie. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot of color going on, so getting that screen printed is gonna be a son of a bitch. I was, I was definitely like, not. I don't think we're doing it for our because we, we just ordered like today. We literally like put in our order for at least like the like the tees themselves. Mm-hmm. But we like put in an order for like the shirts for our release for our, our split release next month in August. Uh, I was definitely considering on trying to like even just doing it in like just like a just in white in like white ink like try and get it like simplified and kind of do that at least because yeah doing something like that you'd have to especially for over over here in like in calgary i don't i don't know anyone who screen print that many that many colors of of uh of shit, of shit onto a, onto a shirt because like the guy we do yeah i think i think they, like the, the homie that we usually get to do all of our merch recently like we're We'll probably expand with some other designs here, but for mm-hmm. all we've needed, our our, ho- our homie Cole, uh, he does all of our shirts. But he only has like a four a four color screen print. So yeah, no, I I, I totally get that. I uh, used to work for a, a merch company, so I, I've seen how crazy things can get because they used to run like a twelve color press. But I think yeah. I, I just think that that artwork is um, so awesome and uh, I'm so stoked. Like when Spencer first sent it to me, I was literally blown away. I was like, this is I felt like you guys just like, uh, you know, uh, went above and beyond with the art. And it, it's like like that. It would be a crime if you guys didn't do more with it, because I think yeah. it, it's super sick. And like having, is, having that on a T-shirt, that's something that, that I really want. Yeah, no, we absolutely have like future plans of it find somewhere that we can do i'd love to do like a full art uh-huh. like find someone that could eat that could do like a full art and do an order of them i would love to do something like that because honestly like yeah like i yeah like seeing some of the first drawings of it it was very like it was cool and then like we started getting like progress of, of like just like adding like shading and then once we got the colors and it was just like jaw dropping compared to like what we were originally originally seeing we were like yeah this is, this, this will be cool and then, like, there we got like the final thing, and I think I don't think I had looked at our like the I don't think I had looked at Anto, I don't think I had looked at his uh, at any of his work before, like because Spencer was the one who was doing all that, and he was just like, trust me, trust me, and I was like, okay, cool. And then I went and like looked at it, I think like halfway through, and I was like, oh yeah, this this is gonna turn out sick, and it came out fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's super awesome. Were you gonna say something, Curtis? No. <laughs> okay all right i i, I thought your, your your lips were moving but i'm nothing was coming out but yeah okay so going to the artwork super fucking sick and uh wolf you briefly mentioned uh you know, the split release show and i, I know that's your guys's um you know first show back but i'm curious yeah will there be plans to actually have like living in fear endgame actual split release show at some point in the future i hope so um yeah <laughs> definitely like we're we're looking even just in general like it's it's i think it's pretty much figured out now the, the border situation was really the biggest thing stopping us from coming down and playing mm-hmm. shows i think we were i 
I think somebody was asking us to come play like Florida or something in like a few months, in like a, in like a couple months from now. I think we, I think we just like we turned it down because we were like, we have no idea what our border situation is going to be like sure. with shit. Like it was like going to isn't hard, but it's coming back. You have to like, or like they had it where it was like you had to quarantine for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. A couple of those were like a couple of those days, like the first couple of days until you were like confirmed not positive. You had to spend in like a in a specific, in specific hotels, all whole bunch of bullshit. But I think that that's pretty much lifted because I have a couple friends, like my friend Nikki just flew down to San Jose, California, at least uh, the other day. Uh, she's there for a couple of months, and I think I don't think she has to quarantine when she gets back. But that was our biggest thing with going and doing shows because we have a we have a couple more shows in general that were that we have either booked or like in discussion for the next few months. Mm-hmm. Now that shows are kind of like returning it here in Canada as well, uh, but absolutely, I think our like one of our first stops, across like over the border, has to be Atlanta. Even if, if we if we do some sort of a tour of some sort down that way or something, I'd love to. I want to be in Atlanta again. I miss yeah. it. Yeah, we got we got to make that happen. It's just hard to fuck. It's expensive getting to fucking Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, it's only getting to it's only where we are. We like <laughs> never get any of the cool tour packages because we're in the middle of our fucking province, and it's like you have to drive like over twelve hours in either in any direction to get to us from where, where we are in Calgary. Maybe we could both get booked on a fest, and we could just call it the. We could just call the fest our split release. Just each of our sets just like have some sort of like some sort of mic handoff during some part to kind of to do some shit. We can we can make it to where we just play after each other. Just be like we have to exactly people would yeah, like it, it needs to happen. Yeah, you got it's like whoever's planning the fest just just know do it, bro. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that would be a cool treat for 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 people to know because yeah, because you guys are on the same bill. And at that point, if you guys hadn't have had a proper release, I think that would make sense. And it would be like something pretty special. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> okay. So Spencer, or not Spencer, excuse me. Uh, I'm thinking and saying the wrong name, a uh, wolf. Uh, since yeah. uh, the, the demo has come out, I'm, I'm curious, uh, how has the reaction been for you from your perspective? Because I listened to it, obviously, had you guys on the podcast. I, I thought you guys had potential, but I, I'm just curious from then until now, um, how has it been for you guys? Honestly, for all of us, it's been really sick. Just, I don't know, having a project that kind of just like came out of nowhere for all of us like it just kind of happened all of a sudden and finally getting actual music out and then to where we are now right now it's like so we we finally like we changed so we changed our drummer since i think the last time that uh we were that i was on the podcast Mm -hmm. Um, we had like a temporary drummer who we had a drum we, we had a drummer who wrote some of the original songs and then he moved and so then we had a, our homie uh, Frank fill in uh, for all of our live shows and recording the demo. And then we went to some guy that we met and then kind of ended up not, he, he just wasn't in, he was into, he was into the band 
like he was into the idea of, of being in a band to go and like play shows and get paid and shit but none of, like and that was that was what like postponed a lot of our writing and mm-hmm. stuff like that was trying to be like hey are you working on the songs and him not working on the songs and being like oh like we're in the middle like there's no shows happening anyways uh, but then we went with uh, one of our friends who, me and uh, our bassist Remy, who have known for like ever since we got into the hardcore scene. Like, I think I've known him for like just over six years. My friend Remy's known him for a few more. But honestly, adding so we added him and everything with the with the last like with the last three songs took off. And yeah, honestly, it's. It's been really cool for all of us. None of us have really been in a band that has ever really been noticed mm-hmm. before. Like this is my this is my first project at all. Same with uh, our bassist Remy and Spencer's been in a couple of things uh, from like Winnipeg that he was like they, this is like this has been like the coolest project he's he's been in kind of deal. But yeah, I don't know. We we've been really happy with just like how I don't know looking at like how our music has been doing on the internet, how far we've stretched our reach to people. Um, shit that we didn't think would happen. Definitely like it, like stretching our reach has definitely helped with like Spencer with uh, scoped exposure and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's been, a, that was a huge boost for us for at least getting our music to people. I find when we, when we, when we dropped everything at first, this time, like, I mean, like, like it was just like, it helped like that recording shows, all that kind of stuff. See, people will be seeing it live, kind of knowing who we are. I don't know. I've made a lot of friends just through releasing this shit already. Shit's sick. Yeah, and if I'm going to be honest, and I, I, I told Spencer this uh, when, when I was talking to him, when he sent over the music, when I first listened to uh, Endgame's side of the split, I was actually pretty impressed because I could tell that um, there's been a lot of growth, I felt, with um, the, the music. Uh, you know, from yeah. from the demo to the split, and uh, I was actually really surprised because I wasn't expecting that, right? Because it, it, it came so soon after the demo, I didn't expect to uh, be able to hear that kind of progress in the the music. But it actually uh, made me really stoked on you guys. I'm like, holy shit! Like these guys are actually you know writing some really good stuff. So um, even though like you guys are my friends, um, I was just like, all right, cool. Like I'm you know definitely going to pay more attention. Uh, you know, because I was uh, pleasantly surprised with the songs on the split. Oh yeah, man, love to hear that. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping, no. yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hoping with the the release of the split, um, you know, people um you know get more soaked on on um, obviously both your bands, but I I hope um, people actually start paying more attention to to Endgame because you guys are uh, a newer band to the scene. So I'm 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 really stoked and you know uh, really hoping you know a, a lot of good things for you guys in the future. Yeah, man, I'm beyond stoked. I can speak for everyone in the band. Everyone is beyond stoked for people to hear these new songs, both our side and the Living in Fear side. Mm-hmm. Fucking, we and yeah, I like I yeah, like you were saying. Like, I mean, I I I, I listen to these songs like daily, like just on like the masters of them, and I'm proud of how much we have added, like how much how much growth we have gotten like and i saw a couple people the other day at uh like scope exposure had like their anniversary and we had a little pop-up mm-hmm. it was the first time i had seen like a lot of people uh since like before pandemic and some of which like spencer like showed a few songs on the demo for people especially like people who like 
helped us with like tracking like, our homies who tracked drums and like just like heard a couple of people's or like just a few homies like first thoughts on it and was definitely hearing the same thing um but yeah beyond stoked because of that to share these songs and have them out in a couple of days i guess by the time this is out they'll have been out for a little bit uh, this is dropping friday or friday okay so okay they'll be dropping today then yes uh curtis uh I, I I'm curious because when I, I listened to the living in fear side, I uh, wasn't surprised because I'm uh, listening to you guys since 2018. I felt that you guys have um, established your sound. And honestly, uh, I, I feel like I um, have like perfected or excuse me, perfected that style. So um, uh, hearing your guys' side of the split, I was just like, OK, here is living in fear again, killing it. This is uh, super sick, and I was just really happy, and um, like didn't expect anything less out of you guys. So I, I'm just curious what it was like for for you to um, uh, get with the band and write those songs for the split. So this is actually pretty interesting. I pretty much wrote all the songs and music, all of the recording. I did all of that except for like guitar solos and a couple riffs here and there. Mm-hmm. But I did all of that shit up until like dear up to the coward's path. I, I wrote and recorded all of that myself. And then this release, I didn't write a single song. I let Andre write a song, <laughs> song and Andre wrote another song and I just put lyrics over them. Uh, so I'm fucking stoked to know that the two of them can like, not that it wasn't that they were against writing songs and it wasn't, I was against having them write songs. It was just, I did it so fucking fast because I just sat in my room and recorded and got it all done. So like I got it done before anybody could get a song written just because I blew through it while we were through the quarantine thing. And then, so for these newer tracks, Andre sent me one and then he sent me another one and then Josh sent the one. And uh, in my opinion, there are three best songs. Like they did fucking better than I ever did. It uh, it came together. It's perfect. I think I think it's uh, it's definitely solidified the sound that we're trying to do and added a little bit more into it as well. So it's definitely a progression, in my opinion. And I'm stoked on it. Yeah, that, that that's definitely really interesting. That you just took the back seat, and what was that by choice? Because you were, um, you know, uh, kind of were you like burnt out because you wrote so many songs last year? I, I think that that was it. Because I had spent a lot of time uh, right after I had finished The Coward's Path, which was probably around May of last year, mm-hmm. is when I finished. And uh, so through from like July to September, I wrote our next record that we haven't released yet. It's already done oh, wow. for the most part. I like I got all that shit put together and I was on a real big like... Uh, memphis rap kick so i was listening to a lot of project pat and a lot of three six mafia juicy j all of that type of stuff and uh so that it kind of the sound of that recording that i did last year is kind of based off of that so it's got a bit of that influence in it and then when it actually came time to do a split with endgame i was like well now's the fucking time to do it so we might as well do it i don't want to use these songs because they're already for a next it's like six songs and they're already put together for a release. Mm-hmm. 
So Andre and I was, I just hit up Andre and Josh like, yo, I'm, I want to hear what y'all can do. Like write something and send it my way. And let's see, I may add to it. I may take away from it. And I didn't do any of that. I just, it literally, they, they sent the songs and I thought they were perfect. I added like, there's, there's a synth on one track and you know, like mm-hmm. effects and shit. They sent me like guitars, drums and bass. Like they sent me the, the instrumental part of the songs. And then I started uh, getting psychedelic in the studio and adding a bunch of different types of effects. And I, I like to make it uh, almost cinematic. Like I try to make it as epic as it can possibly sound. And, and that's what I think I've kind of perfected through just having to focus on production instead of having to focus on production and writing. Mm-hmm. It let me, it gave me more time essentially. So I got to tweak things and try things and add things, take things out, figure it all out. <clears throat> so I'm definitely looking forward to doing more of that moving forward. Yeah. That, that, that's a you know, nice little tidbit um, for you to share because I uh, wouldn't have known that um, there was like different songwriters for, for the new stuff on the split. So that's um, you know pretty interesting. But I felt like, you know, just like you, that they did a really great job. And I'm super stoked on those tracks. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Now, you guys have, uh, well, since last year, this, this crazy output. Um, is there a, a reason for that? Or are you guys just kind of, um, you know, just go, go, go. You want to put out as much as you can. It's that's kind of how it's been since the beginning. I've I've just gotten better at it so I can do more at one time. So the releases have gotten longer just through time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really is just a matter of I I can't fucking sit still. I got to be doing something all the time. So when I come home, I'm going to pick up a guitar and I want to write a new song. I'll have like an intro idea in my head or something. And that's it. I just never stop. So up until then, I was just going balls to the wall, constantly recording and cranking out tunes because I didn't see any need in holding on to them. You know, I hate holding on to songs because then by the time they get released, I'm already fucking tired of them. And uh, I don't want that to happen again. <clears throat> so I've kind of taken the backseat on songwriting because like what I'm actively listening to now isn't inspiring me much. For writing crossover mm-hmm. so i'm gonna let them do that and i'm gonna focus on the lyrics because i'm trying to change up our lyrical content in a big way and hoping to figure that out so i don't need to be writing music too i need to i, I want to focus on that and let them do what they do and i'll just do what i do 100 yeah because you don't want to spread yourself too thin and especially i'm knowing now that you have uh you know some talented songwriters alongside you so you can kind of you know, take the back seat and you know kind of switch up your focus and put it more on lyrical content and not have to you know kind of have it on everything exactly yeah okay and i, I am curious you you mentioned six songs that are just kind of you know sitting in the chamber um is it just going to be six songs or will you add more to it? I, 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 so it was like, it was basically a concept idea. And I was just, I was like, I want to make a crossover album where every song is heavily influenced by a song, like a rap song that I'm currently into. And I was making, I was trying to make beats in it as well. Hmm. So I've, I created all these horrorcore sounding beats that are just, there's so much bass. It sounds like a fucking movie. Like it just sounds 
insane with all the samples and synthesizers and synth drums and shit. And then, so that goes in between every song. Like every song leads into another song through a beat that I made. So it's, it's, it works all as one piece, mm-hmm. it's a big collective thing. Uh, and it's, it's like horrifying when you listen to it. It's fucking brutal ass music. It's the craziest thing I think I've ever written. So I, I, I feel like this is leading to uh, living in fear pillars of ivory tour. <laughs> it, it, it's a little more. Uh, it's a little more angry. Like they got, they got, they got a cooler vibe than anything I could come up with. Okay. Because they've got, they've got the old school vibe. You know, it's yeah. definitely, it's, it's analog. Like it, it sounds super old school. Whereas my stuff is, it's very new age. I don't know. Like I'm not trying to fucking do anything too new or you know embarrass myself, but it's fucking. It's crazy. It sounds really epic. I'm stoked to put it out. I just don't know when. For sure. And yeah, obviously don't want to get too ahead of yourself because the split, uh, you know, uh, is out now. So, uh, yeah, kind of probably just pause on that. But it, but it, I, I do love that relationship that hardcore has with uh, hip hop and rap. I'm, I'm sure you guys saw um, more recently, uh, you know, Turnstiles going on tour with a bunch of you know hip hop. and Yeah, the gray something tour. Forget what it's called, I saw that. That's crazy. Yeah, like Chief Keef. I think Suicide Boys is on there. Yeah. Cooler without Suicide Boys, and it was just Chief Keef and Turnstile. But like, (laughs) Suicide Boys is what it takes to make the two of them happen together. Yeah. I remember seeing like just a ton of people sharing that poster around, and I was just like, I was just like, why? Why is like a ton of like, like I mean, like like, I know like a lot of like my hardcore, like homies in the hardcore scene. Uh, like listen to like a lot like, like Chief Keef and like all the other people who were on there. Mm-hmm. But I was like, why is like so many hardcore kids like sharing this around? And then I like I, I like looked close at it and I was like, oh, because Turnstile is on this, and that's sick. Yeah, I saw uh, one of my friends tweet, oh, Chief Keef and Turnstile on tour, and I'm like, what is is he just talking shit or is this like real? And I went and I found the flyer. And I'm like, oh, this is insane, and. Obviously, whenever I, I, I see a tour flyer, I always look for my date in like in the nearest city near me because obviously I'm uh, super biased and uh, want to go to everything in my city. So what, when I saw that there was like, you know, like a, a Southern California date, I'm like, oh, awesome. This is going to be a really interesting night. I, I'm curious to see how it goes over because I, I feel like Turnstile, they're uh, th- that kind of band that can play anywhere and just the type of energy that they have. I feel like they'll fit in like no problem with that crowd. It's crazy how... Uh it's crazy how diverse that band is in far of their, like in terms of their sound. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely. It's mine. It's been, yeah, it's been cool as hell watching them, like watching the diversity of them change. I remember the first time I saw them, they were like close to like one of the first hard, hardcore bands I ever saw. Uh, I saw them and I saw them in like this tiny ass room above the, it was at the venue that Wild Rose is booked at now, mm-hmm. but it was upstairs in this like tiny little fucking room that's like almost the size of my bedroom. Um, but yeah, like, I remember that was like I think that was like that was like pressure to succeed or like step to rhythm days, and like watching them from that. I think I think, I think like one of the next years I saw them at Sound and Fury, and they had like it was like just after Nonstop Feeling or like, like a year or two after that, like. 
and then watching them like watching them with every release is kind of like change kind of deal mm-hmm. it's been but it's been cool because i i love both present and original turnstile for different reasons yeah. but it's it's just sick to see bands do shit like that yeah especially for them to be able to yeah um like you know uh, progressively change uh, with each release and but still keep those you know hardcore punk ties and do it right like you know they, they don't go too far yeah. off the beaten path um, and they just have like this 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 special flavor it's uh it's wild and wolfgang i mean you, you talk about the first time that you saw them it, it makes me think about when i saw them they it was their first time in california and i wasn't yeah. really um like you know too sure on like the the scenes like you know um vibe like four turnstile but when they played and this was in pomona at this venue um at, at the time it was called aladdin jr and when turnstile hit the stage and w- when they started and every and I, and I mean this every single person in that room was singing along i just kind of realized i'm like dude this is something special and not what i was expecting like this is this band's gonna be big and I, I knew it from the first time I saw them in California. And then even to this day, I'm just like, yeah, they're just, they're just going to keep getting bigger because like their trajectory and the quality of music just hasn't gone down. Not at all. Yeah. I've, no, it's gotten honestly nowhere but up in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like bands like that don't come around that often. I've been around no. a long time to know that. So it's like when a band like that comes around, like you got to support them as much as you can. And just appreciate them and tell everybody about them because it's just it doesn't happen that often. Absolutely. So I am curious about um, living in fear, uh, Curtis. Uh, I've never been to Atlanta for a show, surprisingly. So I'm curious what what it's like out there for you guys. So I mean, it's it's always been like a fairly. We always get the smaller crowd. We never get the bigger crowds, but when we get to play the shows that have the bigger bands on the rare occasion, it always goes really well. Um, I don't, I don't really know. I, I think that I would just say that living in fear does better out of state than we do in Atlanta without a doubt. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure what the reason is, but it's just always been one of those ongoing things. And hopefully it changes the more we put out fucking rock and music. Hundred percent. No, yeah. There, there's been some bands um, from here in Orange County where it wasn't like uh, cool to to like them or to to mosh to them live until they went and got love from other places, and then just for some weird reason, kids were like, "Oh, like people actually like this band from here." Like, yeah, I think it's okay to like them now, which is the stupidest thing. I feel like people should like what they like and not have to wait yeah. till it's cool to, to like a band or support a band. But sometimes uh, people just have to wait and realize that it's actually cool and not have to worry about, you know, getting shamed or not being, you know, supporting the, like the it band. So um, I, I, I do think it's strange that it's like that for you guys. Cause like I mentioned earlier, I think just with the, the quality of music that you guys have put out so far, uh, I, I just feel like yeah, more people should be, uh, you know, into you guys and you guys should, should definitely be way bigger. And um, I'm guessing because of, uh, you know, 2020, you guys took a big hit because I know you guys had some plans. Um, but I'm hoping with the run that you have coming up with End It and the more shows that you guys have lined up, I, I hope things just continue to get bigger for you guys as well. 
I hope so too. And I think I think a lot of the inner city, I, I think that it, it may just have to do with lack of exposure. I mean, mm-hmm. I none of because none of us, none of the members of the band at least have like a really big social media following. Mm-hmm. So we're not, we're not reaching that many people. Okay. Uh, until the likes of you know Dead Heat started retweeting our stuff, we played the show with them, and you know, kind of homies, Creeping Death, the same thing. They became friends. It wasn't until we established connections with like bigger bands that then wanted to help us out and, you know, shouted us out or promote our shit, fucking posted it on their Instagram. That's when we started getting more of the out of state love. And when we would go play in other states and cities, it would always seem to go better and better and better. But I think it's just a lack of uh, a lack of outreach. I think it's just hard these days to get people to listen to new hardcore when a lot of the people in Atlanta haven't gone to a hardcore show in a long time. Mm-hmm. So they kind of fell off the path of it. Um, Cause you know, once like foundation kind of broke up and abuse of power started, the, sh- the scene definitely shrunk a lot. Cause I wasn't around much for the foundation era, but from all the videos I see, it was like, there was never, less than a hundred people at those gigs. It, it always looked like a packed room, crazy mosh, always crazy stage dives, just insane shows. But the shows, all the shows, there's never been a really insane hardcore show that I've been to in Atlanta. There's been really good ones, mm-hmm. but nothing that like is so mind blowing insane. You know, there's, there's never anything as epic as it was back then in my opinion, but maybe that's just because one of my first introduction shows was like foundation's last show. Mm-hmm. So that was obviously one of the most epic fucking shows I've ever been to. It was crazy. Yeah. And uh, so maybe it just set the bar high, but from the videos I see back in the day, it just always seemed to be so much crazier. And now it's shrunk into more of like a community of people. We all know each other. Mm-hmm. So it, it that's really very- it's weird. Yeah, it's, it's very, weird. very much so similar to Calgary. Like I've seen videos and like heard ridiculous stories about the scene used to be here. Over the last few years, we've been bringing the scene back and coming out of coming out of like COVID here. If we are on like a war path to really get shows back and alive in Calgary, at least, uh, like a lot of homies taking the initiative to like go ahead and book shows and stuff. We've been really lucky recently with having a very growing uh, younger presence in the scene recently. Uh, like the last few years, we've been having a lot more like high school kids and even just kids who are like 18, 19, like, like a lot of kids. I have I have a project with a couple of kids and like I think one of them is like 17 or 18 kind of deal. Like just in general, like there's a lot more young presence starting to come to shows for a while it was like the same couple bands playing the same couple shows and it was like a lot of just like the same people always coming but uh like over the last like year or two we've been starting to see a lot more fresh faces and as those kids get older but still kind of know a few younger kids it's still kind of like getting bigger and bigger but yeah i think um I was going to wrap that up by saying uh, my buddy Nick, 
was on scoped exposure the other day and when i listened to that he brought up the beautiful fucking point of through quarantine hardcore reached tiktok and yeah TikTok i was <laughs> is like the biggest fucking shit in the world now like everyone's on it i'm not but everyone's on it and uh <laughs> it, it, i think that that is what's going to bring in a new generation of hardcore kids it definitely already has we'll see how it goes just if it's just a bunch of tiktok kids it might not go so well but like (laughs) i'm hoping that uh it 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 works out and that it kind of grows every scene bigger and i think i definitely believe i definitely believe it already has been like with a lot of the shows that have been happening out in like I don't know, just in general in the States, like watching just, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a mix of just like, first of all, people missing shows to have like the massive amount of people showing up to shit. But it's also like, yeah, how like we went so long where it was like people were getting, getting bored and like watching something, one thing to another to another. And like they found hardcore on, either on like on YouTube, Instagram reels or like, yeah, like TikTok, like shit like that. And it's like people are seeing it and being like, damn, this looks sick. And then not having that kind of getting into the music, like uh, like not ha- like not having like that actual live presence of it. But now that there is that live presence, everyone's flooding to it, which is sick, though. Yeah, I think it's really important for your both of your scenes to have people like you. Obviously, uh, things don't happen overnight. These things take t- um, take time to you know grow and to have like these well oiled machine type scenes. So for you guys to be here in the trenches and fighting to keep it alive, uh, I, I give you guys a lot of respect because you guys could easily just pack it up and go right and be like, all right, like, let me just drive, you know, X amount of miles this way to go to, the, to another scene that's more established. But you guys are actually putting in the work to, to keeping it alive. And um, as like corny as it may sound, that that takes a lot of work. And I, I give you guys a lot of respect because you guys are going to be the ones who are inspiring the future generation in your local area to keep this shit going after we're all gone. Yeah, that, that seems good. I think that that's like my main goal is to just why start another band instead of work on perfecting the one I have. And that seems to be in my personal opinion, the biggest problem I see here is that it, there's a, there's so much band hopping and it's very rare that when you, when you have bands that are so small that haven't done a lot, it's so hard to get that overnight blow up, mm-hmm. but it seems that's what everybody wants. And they'll just, they'll start a band. It didn't do, you know, the demo didn't get a great review. So they stopped before they even put out something else. And it's, it's like a lot of these new bands have potential and sound good, but it seems like they give up too early and I think that is if people would just solidify their band and keep working at it, it can only get better. What's the point in just ditching it all and starting a new band and just starting from the fucking bottom again? It's better to let something grow and build because every time you release something, someone new is going to see it. True. It's better. I feel like that's a yeah. better outlook. Yeah, and also people are, are, and you don't really want the reputation of, of being this guy who just starts like a million new projects because people aren't going to really um, have faith in you to keep it going because if you get that reputation like, oh, he starts a new thing every time, it, it might not, you know, it might be detrimental uh, in the long run versus, yeah, sticking with th- that one band and building it up because, yeah, I, people really do want that instant gratification, 
but I feel like I'm, you know, building it and gradually getting, you know, a, a solid fan base is way better than just getting it overnight. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Curtis, how, how can you stage like an ATL takeover? You call up Cayman uh, from Strangle You, call up uh, Luke Cave from First Day Out, and you guys just, FTO, you know, baby. just kind of, you know, be like, yo, like, we got some sick bands in Atlanta. Like, come check it out. You guys should just do some sort of run somewhere. I, I feel like that could go over really well because I feel like um, you guys are three super solid bands from uh, your area. Definitely. And I think we have plans. We, me and Cayman and Luke actually have a group chat. Oh. And we talk about that all the time. We're about to do that small run with Purgatory, which I think is three, two or three days to prom core. And then all three of us, we're all playing prom core together. Mm-hmm. So I think it's us, Purgatory, Strangle You, First Day Out, and Gum from Chattanooga. And the five of us are doing all those shows together. And uh, then going to prom core, but I I want to do more uh, runs with Strangle You and First Day Out because I think that those are the Atlanta bands in my friend group at least with the biggest potential right now. Yeah, hundred percent. I I like those are definitely ahead. yeah definitely those 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 are definitely the first like three bands. But I think of like current Atlanta like like the bigger like current Atlanta Atlanta bands at least that I know of. Those are like the first three that I definitely would think of. Yeah. So, and I didn't even know you guys had a group chat or were even doing anything. So the fact that that's happening, I'm super stoked because, uh, yeah, I, I feel like uh, you guys getting together and especially people. I feel like when, when people see that unity, right, especially from, uh, you know, these bands from the same area, I, I feel like I'm, that says a lot about your local scene. Oh, definitely. And I think that uh, we we get a fair amount of love here. It's just um I don't know. It's it's it doesn't come from those that book the shows. So I our idea through quarantine, we basically fucking built a goddamn venue uh, out back behind our friend Yuvani's house, and uh, it's literally just a giant fucking old warehouse that we built. Our Jordan built a fucking beautiful stage on. Mm-hmm. He got stage lighting. We have a back line. Like it's a pro grade ass venue. We did our first show back there uh, in June. And ever since then, every hardcore show that's coming through Atlanta is hitting the fucking doghouse. And I'm hoping that that will be a way for us to build relationships with people in bigger bands to be able to tour with bigger bands and, you know, build relationships with bigger bands and help reach a, a, like a bigger audience uh, to make that happen. But I think that building the venue is definitely going to be a big help through uh, building the band as well as everybody else's band. Mm-hmm. No, and that's that's insane that you guys did that and for you to take that uh, initiative because it's just like, yeah, all right, if you're not going to book my band, I'll figure it out and make things happen. So I, I, I really like that, that drive because um, people could easily just whine and cry about it on the internet and not make any progress or you know try to change the situation. So for you guys to go out and do that, I, I think that's insane. Yeah, we're trying to fucking make it happen. No more sitting around. I'm too old to be sitting around and waiting for people to. I got you know. I got to go make it happen. At this point, I'm like a goddamn businessman. Yeah. I'm like, fuck with my band all day, posting it all over online as much as I can do because I'm sick of fucking working a job, man. I'm trying to rock out the rest of my life. 
<laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I'm, you know, uh, one thing with having uh, you on the podcast, I, I, I want to help and try to push living in fear and obviously Endgame as well um, as, as much as I can, because for for you guys to be uh, out there putting out quality music and for people to not be listening, I, I feel like that's uh, a, a big miss on, on their part. So I, I just want to do my part and try to uh, spread the word and let people know that there's these two awesome bands doing something really cool for the scene. I appreciate that. That was epic. I'll take all the help I can get. And I love all the help I can get. And I love doing podcasts just in general. I feel like there's not, uh, I feel like podcasts are a different way to connect with hardcore that's ever been done before. So I definitely enjoy a good podcast and uh, I appreciate you having me on it without a doubt. Yeah, no, I'm I even before uh, we start recording, I, I was telling you, this is literally like my way of giving back to the scene since I'm, I'm not in a band. I don't really do anything else besides go to shows. And I have so many friends involved in the scene. So I, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to start this and to to be able to do it every week. So, um, you know, as it, uh, as thankful as you are, like I, I'm just as thankful for you guys giving me your time because for people to because uh, I know how, how busy people can get. I'm really busy as well. So for people to want to um, you know take time out of their day to sit down and do this with me, it's, it's always um, like such an honor for me. And I'm always grateful for people willing to give me their time. Oh, yeah, absolutely, baby. So uh, living in fear, you, you guys have the run with end it the build up to, to prom core. Uh, are there any other plans, uh, you know, for like end of the year, um, you know, post prom core. I think we have one show in November that's local. And then I have to take like a two or three month break. Cause I need to figure out, uh, me and my girlfriend are moving in together. Okay. And that's, so that's going to take up a good bit of time. And the same thing with our bassist Wayne, we're both moving out of here and going to get spots with our girls. So we're just, once that's over, it's straight back to hitting it hard. And mm. that'll all be done by the end of the year. Okay. So I'm, I'm hoping 20, early 2022, my main goal is to get to fucking California. That's priority one is to get to fucking California. And um, so that's that's going to be the first thing I start working towards come after Palm Corps. Dude, dead heat, living in fear, West Coast. Exactly. And there are absolutely the badass. Yes, yeah, that's that's the that's the fucking plan. And Carlos from uh, Rotting Out and I talk uh, occasionally, and we I was talking to him like, bro, we have to do something. Mm -hmm. And he's like, y'all just have to come to goddamn California. And I'm like, it's not that easy, man. I'm figuring it out. We're gonna get there. And once <laughs> we're, it's gonna fucking happen. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm thinking, you guys have never been out here. Mm -mm. Jeez. Yeah. Damn. Farthest we've gone right now is Philly. That's the farthest we've been thus far. And then, you know, like closer to where we are, but we haven't mm. been that out yet. So this is like our first, what we have coming up is like our first busy season, I guess, as far as like actually hitting the road. No, that's, that, that's awesome. You, you got to start somewhere. And, and I'm telling you with those shows, you, you guys are going to, you know, Obviously, um, you guys already have a, a fan base, but I'm sure you guys are going to reach so many new people. And I, I feel like shit's going to change pretty soon for you guys. Yeah, that's the goal, man. I'm, I'm tired of sitting on my ass waiting for it to happen. I need to get out there and make it happen. So that's, mm -hmm. that's the goal going forward. 
and uh, Wolf, I, I have to ask you. You briefly mentioned uh, uh, Wild Rose. Is is that uh, going to come back twenty twenty two? I haven't. I haven't really seen any like the like most of the homies. I saw Ellie. No, no, last weekend I definitely I definitely saw a few of the people who put it on. Um, I haven't heard any word, but some of like the like the friend like the friend group of like the main people who uh like who put on who put on and book everything like that like get it all all squared out they announced like 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 uh, a show for october Mm -hmm. so i can imagine that they are going to attempt it this year i haven't heard anything regarding it yet because usually it would happen in like may so i don't know if we'll get a 2021 wild rose like I, I, I feel like I feel like we'll get a 2022 one because the shows are starting up now. Like they're already shows are already starting up in Canada earlier than I expected. Kinda mm-hmm. just because like we had the fucking longest of the, of like lockdowns and shit. Things are just kind of starting to open up like now here. Uh, I think we can definitely expect it for 2022 and. Hopefully, with like a similar bill to what was planned for 2020, I think was the last year it was supposed to happen. Um, but because I, I was I was very excited for that for that year of the fest specifically. Um, so I've been going I've been going to Wild Rose since it wasn't even called Wild Rose kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first year I went to it, it was called like Southern Alberta Hardcore Fest, and then it, it had like three name changes before they officially like, they they decided on keeping it at keeping it as Wild Rose. Um, I would I would love to see a 2022 Wild Rose. Same here. I, I was actually supposed to travel out to the one that got canceled. Um, oh right. Yeah, and. I was like, uh, you know, no shade to the bands from from the states because obviously I've I've seen a lot of those bands before, great acts, but I was more interested in catching a lot of the the Canadian bands that I've never seen before, so that that was like what I was looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, no, that year because it's always been it's always been fun having like because that's one of the things that I definitely find sets it as it's very it's its very own thing is. Well, first of all, it's a it's a it's a Canadian it's a Canadian fest. Mm-hmm. There's not many, like there's not many larger Canadian hardcore fests. There used to be a few back in the day. Like there was, what I think, like Heart Fest used to be out east in like I want to say Ottawa. I never went, but I had always heard about it, and it was really cool. But like otherwise, there's only like, like a few that I can really think of off the top of my head. And, Wild Rose is just, it's nice because it's such a nice blend between American and hardcore, uh, Amer- yeah, like American hardcore and Canadian hardcore in mm. the last couple of years. Cause it's always, it's always been very West, it's something like Western Canadian hardcore focused. There's a very, there's a really good bond between like, uh, like Vancouver hardcore and Calgary hardcore. So there's always a lot of like, Vancouver bands and just homies in general. Like everyone from Van either flies or drives out, kind of deal. Um, but it's definitely it's really special, especially with bands like 
that are big in the states like stepping stone mortality rate serration stuff like that like a lot of those bands that like we get to see really like quite often like they're usually a bit like at least like when wild rose is happening those are like the bands that usually would like tour through or come through or or our local kind of deal um and showing like people from the states who either come out with their band or heard about it and they decided fuck it i'm gonna fly out for this or something or drive down with the band or something uh it just kind of like helps show those bands around i remember at the 2018 or i think 2018 uh wild rose uh i remember i remember uh i don't know if either of you guys know the band juice from bc but i just remember like everyone everyone in calgary and like it's like a lot of canadian homies from at wild rose everyone everyone everyone's super into juice uh like badass band from vancouver uh and i just remember like like everyone from like all of our homies from the states like hearing them and literally just being like I gotta take videos of this and show it to like my homies back home. Epic. I don't think I, I can't think I don't think I know that band. I'll have to in the group chat. So I'll definitely send chat yeah, I'll definitely send it to you. Do you know the band Oaf? Like O A F? No, never what heard of them. No. Mm-hmm. It's it's members of that band. They were they were like a very they were like more on the punk side, but yeah, I'll definitely send links to Juice in uh yeah. In, in that in that little chat we have okay and last thing uh curtis it, it, i'm curious about uh personal best records yeah so that is our homie nate uh he played in a band called dead nate i can't i can't think of he's been in another band but um he's kind of like in atlanta like an og guy he's an older dude uh runs this record label and just helps out younger bands and um yeah, he did our first record and our second record, and he's helped us put, I think, everything on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know him before Living in Fear. He just hit me up and was like, hey, this fucking shit is sick. I want to help do a record. I'm into it. And he's been nothing but helpful. Um, it's just because he's a smaller label, um, we it, we want to like do things with bigger labels, and he's fully supportive of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been great. Just helping us do the labels or uh, do the records and shit. Uh, just a small local thing he does. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he has like huge plans for it or if he just wants to keep it local, but it's, it's awesome. He's done a lot of the local Atlanta bands. Hell yeah. That's, that, that that's cool for somebody, um, you know, who's local and, you know, doing his part to, to keep your guys' scene going and, you know, you know just doing that little part. I, I, I think it's really important. So shout out to him for, um, you know, keeping that record label alive. Uh, but a- but actually the last last thing uh KOTP records how did you guys link up with them for the release so that's through Spencer um i think that they know each other through scoped exposure i think i i want to say that that's how they met mm-hmm. somewhere along the line um i think that i think that he ha- i think that Tyler's been on the podcast but after Spencer and him had started talking. Okay. But our relationship with KOTB has been very similar. Like when I remember like Spencer, like I think Spencer like showed Tyler some of the early endgame stuff and he's been like super supportive as well, like since like since like day one of like demo kind of deal. 
um because like with the first with the with the demo we like we put a we just did their demo on our own but then when we so it's funny so we we put out a, our demo our physical demo tape on kotp and on harness records um our, our first one that we talked about was with tyler um but then there was some sort of a delay and we were going to do that one because that was like a u.s release and then harness is the uk so we were going to do that but then it had to get switched around it was kind of kind of awkward for a second but um yeah and when we were when we told him that we were like we were doing like more stuff uh like like after the demo kind of deal here like once we were like we're like yeah like we want to release this we wanted to do something we wanted to do something that was like not just like a like self-release i remember we talked to like me me spencer and kurt talked about that we're like we're like it'd be it'd be very beneficial i find if we found somebody who was who was into it who liked it and was down to like help us put put it out um and kotp is like he's tyler is super super on like super on board with endgame uh like it kind of it helped us like because he has like, he, had, he had like a bunch of other stuff like in the works as well like when when we hit him up and he was like and he pretty much was like you guys like, like you guys are the homies and i'm fucking your shit so he like kind of put us to the front of the line for releasing which was perfect because we like definitely needed that just like timing wise um but yeah he's just been super into endgame and living in fear and shit like that so it helped us like he immediately immediately hopped on that when we gave him the opportunity and i have to ask because i know people are going to be wondering will there be vinyl in the future because i know record plants are backed up and there's like a whole issue with that but do you guys have plans to press it on vinyl we i we talked about it there's nothing like set in stone we would love to i i i mean i i would i would absolutely love to myself the biggest thing was, yeah, is like with the state of everything that is, we decided not to do an initial, uh, an initially vinyl mm-hmm. kind of deal, um, based on how well, far like out it, the uh, waiting lists. What's uh, that? Nah, my internet was going in and out. I didn't hear <laughs> the last thing you just said. Yeah, just like with how how shit is with like vinyl pressing plants right now we opted to like maybe in the future when it kind of calms down a little bit but with like the state of how that shit is right now with the fucking pandemic and just like in general like that shit's super backed up and this is like i think we had started talking about it and we were like we would we, we should have if we wanted to do a vinyl we should we would have had to like plan it out way further kind of deal because mm-hmm. of how far out you have to do things and we wanted we like I know that I like we we don't have that much of a time frame, but I know that like living like Kurt, you said that like living here, you guys have like because you guys have like stuff like planned for the future here, upcoming. So it was like we had like a time frame of like when the demo like, or when like the split was like gonna like need to come out kind of deal once we like established everything. Uh, but yeah, definitely love to. We 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 like we wanted to do more than just tapes. So we are doing also CDs. I I, I don't know about living in fear but like on my end game side like a lot of my non-hardcore friends actually like specifically like all the people who are like oh do you have cds and stuff like that because non-hardcore people don't really collect like vinyl and cassettes as much as like just like cds you know Mm -hmm. yeah okay well damn 
this yeah, is definitely definitely hope to do it in the future i look forward to it and i i honestly hope you guys do because i seriously milk that artwork it's so sick don't let that shit go to waste i would i would fucking love to see that on a fucking vinyl sleeve yeah so so fucking badly yeah it's so sick but okay this has been this has been fucking awesome i love endgame i love living in fear you guys are awesome before we go is there anything else you guys would like to say before we sign off Well, I don't, I don't really have much to say. I was gonna say I don't. Yeah, no, nah, man. I'm pretty much good. <laughs> just listen to the Pink Stones. That's the band. That's always my go-to shout-out. Okay. Hell yeah. Wolf. Oh, Wolf got nothing. Yep, that's it. All right. Shout out the bad bitches. Shout out the damn baby. There it is. Shout out the bad bitches. Combined forces out now go stream that shit head over to kotp records go pre-order or go order excuse me a shirt a cd a tape do it up support those bands they're fucking awesome thank you everybody and goodbye